another one. So it's going to get real interesting. The Breeders' Cup Classic is going to be a great event. And I tell you what, it's uh, it, horse racing's really got some nice stuff. He, uh, Churchill opens next week. A little disappointed. I uh, didn't think they would, but I, I don't know if anyone else thought so. But I was hoping that they would pony up some money and put a race together for Pharaoh because they would have loved to ship Pharaoh uh, to Churchill where he loves it and stabled him there and kept him there till they brought him over to Keeneland for the Classic. Uh, but uh, obviously the cheapies at uh, Churchill didn't do that. But uh, um, great card at Saratoga yesterday. Ellis Park had the groupie doll. Uh, horse racing is now starting to kick back in for the fall season leading up to the Breeders' Cup. And very, very exciting. But I've got to get in on some of this football talk, Mike. You get me Brian, fired up listening to Brian, it. Brian, before we go there, I have a yep. question. For all sure. the non-traditional um, horse racing followers out there, I've heard this question a few times. People are asking, why are they even still racing American Pharaoh? What do you say to those people? Well, for one, they're jacking the purses up. He won a million bucks last time. And what happens, Ashley, is the ownership group, the Zayat family, when they sell the breeding rights, which they've done on Pharaoh, um, they, they get a lump sum of money, and that's it. Now, the Zayats are saying they're doing it for racing, and it's the right thing to do. And there's some element of that. But there's a lot of money to be made for the Zayats between now and the end of the year. The Breeders' Cup Classic is a $6 million race, so... I mean, that's a big check. That's what three point six million. He could make seven, four or five million between now and the end of the year. So money is the answer. Mm-hmm. But uh, it is nice to see because he's so dominant. They're, they're they're saying they're doing it because it's the right thing to do for horse racing. I think there there is an element to that, but it's money, 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 money because they've already cut their deal on the uh, the breeding deal, and uh, money's nice. Well, and I also think you know he's got a chance to do something that nobody's ever done, and it's. In a lot of cases, these other Triple Crown winners in the past have kind of flamed out after the Triple Crown. And uh, for him to go on a, a three-win winning streak after the Triple Crown, and if he can win the Breeders' Cup Classic, win the Travers, assuming he runs in the Travers, I think he will, then you got uh, you you have to lay stake that this could be the, the greatest. You have to put him in the conversation with Secretary oh, yeah. as the greatest racehorse ever. If he wins out, I agree 100%. And that, actually is another reason why they would do it. But the, the number one reason in my mind, you know, it's expensive to go. You want to go back to the Zayas, want to go back and find the next American Pharaoh at the Keeneland uh, September sales. And, and it's a very expensive game. And when you've got a horse that's dominating three, now you got to remember, he's been only in three-year-old competition which the Travers is, and it's clear he's dominating that group. So he's got one more easy race ahead of him, in my opinion. But then he's going to get into the big boys, and we'll see what happens. But, Mike, you're right. If he wins out, he's going to put his name in rare company and could go down as one of the greatest racehorses of all time. So a lot playing into that. But i got to talk about football. I got And one thing i got to admire, Mike, and I've got a lot of Kentucky football fans, uh, your internal optimism is very admiring. I, I think that's great. Touch of reality might be a better dose for, uh, I mean, I, to hear, you know, the, the recruiting has gotten better a lot at Kentucky. Now, does that translate into uh, the field? We have not seen any indication of that yet. And the thing that bothers me about the Kentucky football program is the skilled positions. Just take a look at the quarterback. They're field. loaded at quarterback. They're loaded at <laughs> running back. And they're loaded at receiver. Their quarterback situation is so much better than Louisville's. It's not even funny. Oh my God! You got to be kidding there, me. No way that anyone on Louisville's would start over Patrick Tolles. And I don't oh, actually. I would oh. even say that Barker would still be the second string guy. 
Well, and first of all, I, and I love the passion, Mike. I like it, and I guess that's from so many years of having disappointing seasons that you're getting fired up, and I think that's great. I admire that in the fan base, but let me tell you something. Towson can even start. Barker's the better quarterback there, and he'd be the fifth string behind Ferguson. At no Louisville. chance. Yes, he would. Barker was higher rated than Reggie Bonifant. I wasn't even close. If that's, Barker that's is so a, much more tooled than Reggie Bonifant. It's not Reggie Bonifant would have to switch positions at Kentucky, or they wouldn't even let him on the field. They look. Louisville's got nobody at quarterback. They don't have a quarterback. At, they, a single quarterback. Louisville's got. What fuels that? I don't even hear you get that passionate with little, uh, Kentucky basketball. Because it's easy in basketball. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, there's no competition between UK and U of L basketball. It's not even in the same. Louisville's at the top of their basketball's ever been. Oh, Brian, why do you even talk about this? Why do you even bring this it, garbage? It is disappointing, though, because it's it's not it's not based in reality. And and uh, I tell you what, Bobby Petrino, he's the Donald Trump of college football. Nobody wants to give him any credit. Uh, you know, he's just a nut job. <laughs> How many volleyball coaches has Donald Trump been with? I'm sorry? Donald Trump's messing around with volleyball coaches? And, and uh, I bet he's messed around. Yeah, I'm sure Marla, he has. No, he has. Marla Maples mean anything to you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she was a beautiful uh, – but anyhow, uh, I'm telling you, go back and look at his second-year teams. This this offense of Louisville is going to be far – Louisville's going to be better than they were last year. Where you're getting off on saying Louisville's lost a – they had – just because they – we're second to Florida State and putting talent in the league last year. That they've got, they reloaded. They well, you got, also have to have an offensive line. That's the one thing that we'll start with because the offensive line at Louisville could be one of the worst offensive lines in college football. <laughs> and uh, all right, we'll move on to another subject and get back to me. Well, let's you you want to just pick a a, a week midway through the uh, season that you want to talk. Maybe when Kentucky's uh, now one nice thing about Kentucky, I don't see the. Uh, the Eastern Kentuckys and all that on the roster Actually, as much. They, they do have Eastern Kentucky on there. Oh, bingo, bingo. Yeah. Okay, so that and the Charlotte game you mentioned, there's two wins. And then Lafayette. Honestly, what's the over-under on SEC wins for, uh, which is not the same SEC team, SEC league. So uh, don't, don't blast me about how great the SEC is. Go back the last two years and take a look at how that's turned out for the SEC. But uh, over and under for Kentucky and SEC wins, Mike. Let's get you on Actually, the and, and to be fair on that point, too, I think that the East is going to be a lot better than they were last year because I think you're going to see Tennessee uh, rise up to where they're going to be a more prominent program. Georgia is really, really good. You know, Florida's definitely still down. Um, and uh, Kentucky needs to try to get to the point where and – th- and this is where losing Jason Hatcher the first two games really sucks because I think they could have competed with South Carolina. I think the uh, they have now their two top strong side linebackers are going to be out for that game. One with injury and one with uh, one with suspension. Over uh, under on wins in the SEC, Mike. Uh, let's see. Well, I, I have them predicting winning all four of their non conference, so I'd have to put it at, at two. And you, and you one and a half, I guess, because two is the over, and I'm saying they're going to get two. You say they're going to get two SEC wins. No, actually, okay. I said they're going to get three. So I'll put it three three, three. SEC wins. Yep, great. Gonna, they'll get Vandy. Don't get Vandy. They're going to beat one person they shouldn't. Well, I guess actually they'll beat two people they shouldn't. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm realistic. Yeah, they're going to. Be, I think they're going to take either Florida or Missouri, and I think they're going to get Mississippi State. Wow. Okay. Let's. Uh, <laughs> uh, Kelly, you would you write some? First. Yes. Would you? Yeah. <laughs> first and only. Kelly, would you write some of that down? Now let me ask you this, Mike. And I know Stoops will probably get a mid mid year two million dollar bump on his contract. But let's say Stoops continues to have the same success on the field that he's had since he's there. Does Kentucky just continue to pay him and increase his salary, or is there at a point where Kentucky says, huh, we're not getting our bang for a buck out of this guy well, this year? 
And, and my point last week on the show was I was comparing them to where Arkansas was last year. Okay? And I honestly that feel like that's where they're at. Because they're still all their talent coming in is still really, really, really young. And yeah. as, as far as, uh, as long as we see progression, which they saw progression last year, and if they see progression this year, and that to me that does not necessarily have to be wins. <laughs> I think they should right. be go bowl that's, ugly. Uh, that's crazy. That's not crazy. How, how, how do you, how do you have progression without wins and losses? Like that's not real because life the gap in you the have to narrow is so big. That's crazy. That is not crazy. How many games did Kentucky lose to end the season, Mike? Well, they went five, five and seven. They started out five and zero, oh, right? So, so they lost their last seven no, they, games. They started out five that, and one, and you call that progression after a two weeks? Yes. The last seven. After a two win season, yes. One last thing I want to correct you on. Uh, Devontae Parker missed the first is either five or six games last year. So, so to give the nine and four season that Louisville had last year on Devontae Parker is a very nice gift to Mr. Parker. And uh, he didn't play over half the year. So uh, he that's missed a, the a little- You're right. He missed the. They did not get a quality win without Devontae Parker. They did not. I have to go back and look at that. That's a big statement oh. there. So you say going into the Kentucky game, Louisville's going to be an underdog at Commonwealth. I think there's actually a chance that could happen. Yes. Whoa! Kentucky, I mean, Kentucky lost the the final six games of their last of their season last six year. games. Six games. They were they are loaded this year at their skill positions, and I think their offensive line is one of the best that they've had in a long time. Their offense is going to be much improved. I really, you know, we're putting you a lot think on. Towns is Towns is the the best quarterback in the state. You're saying? No, I think the guy at Western Kentucky is the best quarterback in the state. Who's that? Is it Donnie? So Towns is better than anybody that Petrino's got at Louisville. I don't. I think Towns and Barker are better than anybody at Louisville's got at Louisville. I, I, <laughs> All right. I don't think Louisville's right. got. I don't have anything. And by the way, Boone Williams is the best running back in the state of Kentucky. Yeah, and, and Stoops is the best coach in Kentucky, right? Well, I, no, I'm not going to put it that. I think. I mean, oh, okay. well, you're being reasonable then, aren't you? I'm not, I've been I reasonable the whole time. You're the one not being reasonable. When you go back to when the the year you can compare Barker and uh, Bohan, uh and and Bonifon, Barker was an elite eleven quarterback. Bonifin was a four star. Ohio State wanted him. He blew up before. So they was got Barker. Him. Barker was so much higher rated than Bonifon. It wasn't even fun. It wasn't even like they weren't even in the same league. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a great one. Uh, he, Bonifin's got something. Barker, uh, besides the fact Bonifin doesn't have a rap sheet uh, as far as uh, uh, assault. What What he do? Shut down the campus and then uh, <laughs> then and then, then come on he now. What that's in the police record, and then he pounded a guy. Well, only thing Bonifin's got on the fact was that he started as a true freshman and went to I think a little place in South Bend, Notre Dame. Bonifin went one at South Bend, and that's and, and now, he's, now he's stabbing close to the heart. Right? <laughs> yeah, now so, he's I mean, going... come on, you're being very unfair to. I mean, take the goggles off, Mike. You're going to be pushing for you all. The start look, of this basketball is the same season. fan base that was riding Reggie Bonifon the entire year last year when he was messing up. So I don't even want to hear. It. And when when I it was still towards think the end he's of the year, the best of the what's there. He has the most upside of any. This is so amazing. I said that after the, the Georgia game, time. we were all talking about how Reggie Bonifon will never play quarterback again at the University of Louisville. No, no, no. I don't yes. think I said that. I said that he's not ready and this he needed unreal. more time. But we're going to. Mike, suck. he was a true freshman last year. He started. His father died during the season. I mean, boy, you're tough on true freshmen i mean it's you know you you haven't had a true freshman that's come in and started a game at kentucky since maybe couch i guess so if barker and Towles are red shirts so you know you're being tough on a true freshman but i'm going to tell you this i don't think bonifin starts this year gardner who did very well until he got injured i think is going to be the starter for him but 
Are you there? Brian, we had a little connectivity issues there with Brian. but I did not do that, by the way. I just want to make sure. <laughs> Mike did not that. have anything to do with it. We got to go. We're way late for a break. <laughs> we are way late for a break. We're going to go out to uh, uh, same song. We're going to come back into a little PYT is what I'm thinking. Okay. We right, should come good. back to back-to-back, which is what Louisville's going to do to Kentucky. Football. Oh, back-to-back. Okay. Drake. Be sure to stay tuned. Mike, Ashley, and I will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 1450. WXVW. Back to the weekend sports buzz here on 1450 WXVW, brought in by PYT, as referenced by Ashley earlier in the show when we determined Ashley is the youngest of the, the three hosts. Definitely the prettiest. Certainly the prettiest. There's no, no question. question. No question about that. Well, thank that. you. Yes. And after my night last How night, many? I'm sure she smells better than me. <laughs> <laughs> you want any beauty pageants uh, lately? No, I've never won any uh, Mr. Kentucky. I did like runway that. model. Did you? Yeah, of course. I, you're, I, you're tall. Boom. I'm not joking. I did runway models. <laughs> did you really? Yeah. Oh, I have to tell you all, speaking of pageants, I had a very um, new experience yesterday. Okay. I judged um, the America's Ultimate Extravaganza, which is a glitz pageant. It was my first in my life. What is a glitz pageant? Glitz pageant is like kind of what you would see on that old show, Toddlers and Tiaras. Oh. Where the little kids can wear makeup and they do like the little routines and stuff like that. Um, I would have to say that I had a really horrible um, preconception of what it was going to be like. Um, but I agreed to do it because one of my best friends, Destiny, grew up doing them. And um, her aunt directs this national system. So she asked me if I would be willing to come judge it. So I said, sure. I'll try it. See what happens. It was a cool experience. Good. Yeah. Glad you liked it. All right, I want to put this, um, and by the way, I want to apologize to Brian and Sari for getting cut off, because I and I did not do that. I just want to make that 100% clear. 100% documented that Mike, I liked, Mike did not do that. It was a, a Skype connectivity issue. I like the uh, conflict, actually, a whole lot. Reggie Bonifon came out the same year as Drew Barker. Oh, God, he's going to call back in now. That's okay. Okay. Reggie Bonifon was a three-star composite, according to 24-7, the 391st best player in the country, Drew Barker was a four-star and the 119th best player in the country. And the only reason Barker didn't play as a true freshman is because Patrick Tolles was a four-star and Bonifon didn't have anybody like that in front of him. So uh, at least coming out of high school, and you, I know it matters what they do on the field, I'll still say what I feel like Tolles has done on the field with less has been better than what Bonifon's done on the field. And, uh, and I feel like Barker would be right there, you know, at least when the last time we could compare them, Barker was a better prospect than Bonifon, according to the football experts, what I, which I am not. I will. Okay. So, that's, uh, that's where I'm at on that. But I you, thought you were a football expert. No. At absolutely. the level of intensity that last conversation was. I do know that Kentucky's got a great offensive line. I know that their skills positions are much better. I think Boone Williams is going to be one of the most electric players in the SEC this year. 
and which is, which is would be huge and and likely may occur. Right, defensively, Kentucky still has holes, especially in, um, especially with Jason Hatcher, who's obviously you know has been hanging out with James Quick a little too much. Uh, being suspended for the first two games. The Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz Line is 502-384-1450. We have not discussed basketball or the NFL, NFL Hall of Fame uh, festivities going on yesterday and today. We haven't discussed either of them at all. And we got basketball coming up with por- this Puerto Rico trip, right? We do. Yeah, I think what everybody's excited about those football season is upon us. We've been waiting for that for quite a long time. <laughs> You got the, 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 the energy behind football right now is at an all-time high, regardless of the uh, actual expectations of Kentucky and or Louisville this year. Louisville has arrived in the big boy league, and, and it's a, a different feel. Than, the semi-big boy league. Well, I mean, they're, ACC recently won a national championship. They did. Am I wrong? They did, yeah. So there, there's no um, denying that, that Louisville is in a league He's it throwing is shade. Are you throwing shade, Mike? No, I'm just I'm keeping it real. He's throwing a lot of shade. I'm not quite the most aware, but I don't thank you, Ashley. I appreciate you pointing that out. Mike, were you just throwing shade? Uh, no. Okay. Yes, and of course, whoever's throwing shade is not normally going to admit that they're throwing shade. Oh, thank you. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we, we've got the NFL Hall of Fame inductees from yesterday. All right. Great what, class. What's that? It's a great class. Is it? Yes, it's a great class. It's Who's always a great class. If you're an NFL Hall of Famer, you are a great football player. Absolutely. Junior well, Seau. Willie Shields, one of the best offensive linemen. Yeah, for Kansas City. Around. True. Uh, and then you got two Golden Domers. <laughs> so the fact that they played for Notre Dame. I mean, it's a great class. Who Mike is wearing a Notre Dame jersey, football jersey, as we yeah, speak. Yeah, what's up with that? Keep that in mind, <laughs> listeners. Mike Gandolfo. Not wearing a Kentucky football jersey right now. I'm not, I'm not wearing that check mark. He is wearing a Notre Dame football jersey right now, which is, I'm not, no shade here. You know what shocks me? The, I would say 90% of UK basketball fans, diehard UK everything, are not UK. They, they cheer for another university for football. I don't think that's true at all. If they if, if they, they if even it, pay attention to football at all, they just say, "Oh, we suck," and they're done. If it's not true, even it's when not Kentucky, it's eighty eight percent. Even when Kentucky was god awful in football, even back when they were in the ninety, like in the early nineties, coming like that, from a team that lost their last six games this past season, they had, they had several points were ranked in the top twenty five in attendance in college football, and I they there's no way they're, that that fan base is a sleeping giant as far as. Passionate football fans, and there are. I'm, I mean, yes, I do cheer for Notre Dame. I cheer for Notre Dame in basketball, though, too. But when Kentucky played Notre Dame in basketball, I cheer for Kentucky. What about when Kentucky and football, Kentucky and Notre Dame playing football? If they played in football, I would cheer for Kentucky. So basically, you all aren't purists. What do you mean? You're not purists. Dude, this I am you're a Catholic. You're a progressive. See, NCC. This is what happens when you go, when you cheer for a university as mediocre in other sports, except for one, like. I don't University know because Louisville's, Louisville's mediocre in football. Louisville's not they're great not in football. Mediocre. <laughs> they're, they're not mediocre. They're not winning. Se- when's the last time we had a losing season? They're not a top um, flight. Oh, Cragthorpe's not that Craig far Thorpe off. Cragthorpe is quite a while off. That was when I was Miss US Miss U uh, of L, which was almost a decade ago. There is, there's nothing wrong with cheering for Notre Dame, which if you're Catholic, especially, I feel like you know. So you can't be like. 
I'm a UK fan through and through, period. But fan. I'm also a Notre Dame fan. But I'm also they this. don't ever play each other in football, so it doesn't matter. Ask me what state I was born in. What state were you born in? Ohio. UK? Am I an Ohio State fan? I they're hope they're not. the reigning national champions. Ask, are you? Ask me that. Are you? A, are you an Ohio State? No, fan? thank you very much for asking, Ashley. I'm actually a Louisville football. Okay, fan. so Kelly, um, what team do you cheer for in basketball? Louisville Cardinals. What about football? Louisville Cardinals. Baseball. Louisville Cardinals. Um, swimming and diving. I Louis- cheer for Louisville Kentucky Cardinals. and all, all those right. things. Cheer for Kentucky in all those things. Do you, you realize there's consistency here? There is. I cheer for Kentucky in all sports. And I, we didn't even script that, Mike. We did not script that at all. Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep <laughs> and Ram Buzz Line is 502-384-1450. If you are curious as to why Mike is adamantly defending the UK football program, not from a fan perspective, but from an actual on-the-field productivity standpoint, we would love to hear from you. 502-384-1450. And, and the, the real curious aspect of it is that while doing this so adamantly, he is wearing a Notre Dame football jersey. Notre Dame. I cannot wear the check mark, and you know this. So the Notre Dame, by the way, Are is you on uh, a lifetime preseason contract with... number four okay. uh, in the Sports Illustrated football, college football preview. Ahead of Alabama, actually. So Notre Dame's... Could be really, really. There are some exciting storylines across the world of college football. Out, obviously, outside of the state of Kentucky, Ohio State being one of them. They 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 are taking Braxton Miller and they're moving him from quarterback to to wide receiver, and they're going to have Everett Golson. I'm sorry, they're going to have J T Barrett and um, who's the guy who started Cardell Cardell Jones Jones compete for the starting quarterback position, which I think is brilliant. Um, in in the works of Urban Meyer, and I think the credit is completely owed to Urban Meyer. Mike, I know you are an open. You don't deny it even. You hate <sighs> Ohio State. I do. You hate the Big Ten. Please elaborate. I don't hate the Big Ten. Although, yeah, yeah I kind of do hate the Big Ten. All right, yeah, I hate the Big Ten. Okay. The, right. uh, At least we're on the same page. Um. I don't know. I mean, obviously, Urban Meyer's got experience with this when he had to balance Leak and Tebow. Okay. Would you say that's fair? Assessment? He won a title doing he it. He won a title doing it and it worked out pretty well. But he didn't take a, a Braxton Miller type guy and move him to wide receiver. I mean, that is a very. I'm not going to say it's unprecedented. He's been him to an H back, which is kind of like the receiver slash. It was. It's kind of like what I guess what Randall Cobb kind of played at Kentucky, right? So uh, they, Kentucky didn't call it an H back. But um, is H back like some kind of? I think it's herpes. Sex? Herpes back. Oh, Hump back. I don't know. Well, I don't know exactly where we're headed with this, Mike. But I continue. Don't either. Continue. Um, you know, his really. If we want to get down to it, the Urban Meyer's biggest problem is that he continues to lose recruits in the state of Ohio to Mr. Stoops and Kentucky <laughs> out recruiting him in the <laughs> state Urban of Ohio. That's Urban Meyer's biggest concern. That's right his now. biggest concern. That's yes. what keeps him up at night. He does. That's why he's in the Mark office twenty four seven. Killing him and recruiting in the state of Ohio is uh, is the biggest issue. So. Okay. Okay. I, I listen. I Ohio State should be really, really good this year. On paper, they should be better than they were last year, uh, especially skill position. I, I just hope it blows up in their face. So fair enough. Other storylines going on right now in the world of sports that we could discuss. I guess we can always default to because you know when football's on the horizon, we're not that far off from basketball. Nope. And we can get into previewing the um, expectations from both programs. Louisville and Kentucky because the expectancy is that, that neither of them will be quite where we're used to in recent That's years. That's right. Kentucky's only preseason. In the in the ESPN poll that just came out, Kentucky's only number three in the country. And, um, <laughs> What's Louisville? So they did take a slide back, and Louisville's not ranked yeah. at all. 
but uh, but Indiana is 14, which is really good that they've taken a huge step up. But yeah, the Kentucky fans are definitely probably really upset about the lower expectations from going number one preseason in the country to number three. Does it matter I if you're you number there. one? No preseason in the country. If you don't, especially in basketball, win the national championship. Yeah, it really does. Final four. Honestly, at the end of the day, I, I, we always say in basketball, the rankings don't mean anything because what comes down to, to what play happens on the hardwood. That's right. So I want to hear it. So I'm, I'm interested in this Puerto Rico trip for Louisville. And I'm, inter- I was very surprised that you just said that. You know, it's football season, and this Puerto Rico trip to me, U of L's got so many. Unanswered questions. UVL is a whole new team, and I'm excited about it. And that's it. why you thought you'd be really excited about this Puerto Rico trip. I'm excited for this Puerto Rico trip. I'm excited about football. But I I'm excited. I, I'm eager to see what they look like right now, but honestly, I feel like they'll look like a, an entirely different team by November. Now, now, let me get this straight. I know when Kentucky did, this, did their overseas trips, you know, all these games were on television, and they had great ratings and all that kind of stuff. So tell people how people. How they can watch U of L play you gotta basketball? Pay ten dollars. Oh, you got to pay ten dollars. Oh, okay, and stream it on your computer. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. What 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 uh, overseas destination did? They went to the Bahamas last right, year, yeah. and then they did Canada. We actually did one the year before you all did the Bahamas. So don't act like the UK was the originator of this I, overseas trip. Where was did it? I, I say that? I, that they, these oh. overseas trips have been around for a long ass time. Oh a long gosh. time. That's okay. Ooh, a long, long time. <laughs> I didn't say Kentucky can we have a Can we have a list on the wall of words we can say? Because I've been holding back in here. I'm just saying <laughs> that when Kentucky does this, there's a you know sponsors ante up. Why and they put these does everything have to be a comparison? I, it, you can we just me. talk about the University of Louisville going on this like, trip? Were, were you being sarcastic when you said yes, you were he was. The Puerto Rico trip? I, no, I really am looking. Okay, I, I sense some sincerity I felt like from he you. was being sarcastic. Well, especially after... Uh, what, what, what are you looking forward to in all seriousness? And let's try to make it sound good for Louisville. Go. When, when Rick's, uh, with Rick's comments, I really feel like Donovan's going to find a way to be on the field, floor sometime. And so I'm really interested to see how these two fifth-year guys blend in one year, uh, you know, not even six weeks into the Rick Pitino system, uh, and then just to see how they mesh with Donovan and Quentin, and do we see a similar type rotation where it's two Donovan. guards in Donovan Mitchell? Okay, you know who Donovan Mitchell is? Yeah, yeah, he's the best recruit you all got last year. He's but, really good. But, but, but why, why a, are you why are you speaking of him as if he might not play? Or I mean, what do you what do you mean? Well, right now, Rick came out and said that the two fifth year guys are definitely starting. Yeah. You would have to think that Quentin but, but that is definitely matter. starting. That does not no, it starting doesn't. right now. But to see how they rotate in and all that kind of stuff, I think that does matter. To see how Donovan plays in uh, contrast to those guys. Because Donovan Mitchell and Trey Lewis and uh, Lee, is that his name? Damian. Damian Lee, have all basically been on UVL's campus the same amount of time, right? Yep. And that is not common for a Rick Patino team. No. So let's see who's... Luke Hancock had a year on the bench shirt, yeah. practicing with the team. And uh, so this will be interesting to just see how they all three of those guys have kind of grasped. And you know, the one thing he said that was really interesting to me is that the strongest guy on the team is Dan Goodell. That's what he said in his press conference. And so, so and let's also realize that Patino says things in all press the conferences that are ridiculous yeah, to all motivate the time. people. Very so tactical. Let's let's not well, I, hang on Patino's words. There also has and to be something. Doesn't even make matter that much. No, but there has to be some sense that Dang is must be playing. 
Dang Adele just, has a lot to prove. And then he's also was telling how great Ray Harp, Ray, uh, Ray Spalding's been playing. Who yeah. also has a lot to prove because that kid looked lazy. So he looked very the, inactive at the All-Star game, which keep in mind is an All-Star, All-Star game. game and no shade toward you, Mike. But no. even thinking like at an All-Star game playing in front of your base, you would like to try to impress them a little he bit. He didn't even look like, like he knew that he was supposed to play in a game that day. He looked like he didn't care. I and think then I, Dan I think Adele, he just looked like he was having a rough moment. I think Dan could be really good, though. He, uh, I mean, he had some great um, highlights at the end of the game, towards the end of the game. Um, but towards the beginning and middle, I was worried. I was like, oh, my gosh, why is this kid coming to Louisville? The, um, the, the nine games in six days is a lot to plug in there. I like that he's going to have a couple games that, you know, that Levage and Ryan can play in and all that kind of stuff. And What do you think of, of Ryan McMahon? I think Ryan could be very surprising for people by the time he's a junior. Oh, by the time he's a junior. Yeah. Uh, he's got he's a little ways to go. He's redshirting this year. But, you know, okay. the kid can if he if he gets a shot shot off, he's got a great shot, but he's gonna have to really work on now he's going against bigger, faster, stronger, how to get his shot off. And um he's he's a lot more athletic than people think he is. All so. right, what what do you think of this statement, Mike? The Louisville center spot is vastly underrated. I will put the I will I will compare the post positions for the Louisville Cardinals, who have been underperforming, but have had a lot of guys with a lot of talent kind of coming up because they were young, to the wide receiver position at the University of Kentucky. Oh my God! They just killed all momentum I had here. <laughs> and basically, <laughs> I think the, you're going to see. What, what were you, what Nani, were you trying <laughs> to get at? Nani's going to be better. Mango's going to be better. Okay, Jalen's going to be better. Jalen uh, Anas. You, yeah, so the four and five position. Well, first, Kelly, what were you? Uh, what were you trying to I get? I think at? that Shinanu, Anuaku, and, and Mango are—they are specific type players. They're not going to be guys who uh, Gorgie Jang or, or, or David Paget it up from the high post and with the passing and all that great stuff that we've come to expect from our top flight centers. But I think that Mango runs the floor extremely well, and Shinanu Anuaku um, is very physical, and I think that both of them. Shinanu, in my opinion, could end up playing in the NBA. I, I agree. And, and I think that both of them bring a lot to the table, and I think that, that it is certainly not a weakness for this Louisville team. Not, and especially with the depth they got. I mean, they've got a lot of size and a lot of guys they can plug in there. And Nanu, I mean, when you really – and you, you brought up Gorgie. Nanu's ahead of where Gorgie was at this stage Gorgie. of the game. I think the best comparison to someone like Gorgie would be um, – uh, um, Mango. No, no. Don't no. do it. I was going to say, don't you do my it. Mahmood. Anas? Yes, Anas, Anas Mahmood. I always forget to, how to say his name, but when he's, when he's on, That's he, my can, guy. he can pass, he can shoot. I'm getting I, I'm a Mahmood jersey. Can... Well, Gorgie, if he makes a state, the Gorgie turned himself into an elite defender. Um, and I think Anas is longer than Gorgie. But he doesn't, but does he, he hasn't the... shown any flashes of uh, I, well, defensive hey, 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 potency, hey. really, hey. has he? La- Gorgie's, for his freshman year, he did not look like he True. belonged on Division One basketball court. But he did end up taking the starting job from Terrence Jennings his freshman year, I think, right? Am I Ooh, wrong? I don't know about it. it. Mike, does that sound I right? I think that could be a product of who was enough. there. I think that was a product of who was there, because I don't think that he Terrence was... Terrence Jennings really dropped off that year. He did, and Gorgie did not really step up, so I think he was there because he was tall, but I, he was not ready. Rick Pitino has a. Uh, I mean, look at Nazi Muhammad. Mm-hmm. Is he still in the NBA? Well, yeah, if he gets I, picked I, up, I mean, I he's think, a free agent. But he played like, last what, year. What fourteen years or something? Or, he's played. In the, I think maybe more. Maybe than I'll on bring that. it up right here. But I think Rick. I don't think I know. Rick has a track record of guys who are workhorses 
from the five spot and aren't necessarily the most highly regarded coming out of high school. Jamal McGlure. Even Mark Pope started in the NBA for a while. Mark Pope. Um, I think he's a head coach now somewhere. Well, he's he uh, he at, uh, Stan- at Utah Southern or something like that. I really like that guy. But um, He was with BYU for a I, long time. I think both of these guys really fit the bill when it comes to a Rick Bettino workhorse. I mean, Mango does not have any offensive potency, right? Man, well, he hit well that that's not jump true. Shot. Well, he hit that j- big jump shot, but he also had spurts in a couple of games uh, last season where people were like, who's this kid in Mango's jersey? There was a couple of games where he was coming out dunking on people, rebound putbacks and stuff like that that made us really believe that he had something special and he was ready to step up. Then he went back into hiding. So. I've heard, actually, that, that um, Mango in practice is offensively pretty impressive. Well, then, too, um, I read an article in the newspaper maybe a week or two ago where um, Patino and some of the other guys were talking about how last season there were some um, kind of – off of court issues that weren't being discussed with Mango. No, no, with the team in general that was very clickish with the guys who had been on the it's national championship team, leadership. and that the 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 guys that were upperclassmen were like, "We don't have time for you, little like freshmen. Go get us coffee, type stuff." Wow. Well, go I get think- my Gatorade. So I wonder how much that that um, played a role in the way they actually performed. I always think that those things come out. They show their ugly heads and situations or in ways and games that you would never think of. But. Sure, yeah. In the Chris Jones issues. And, yeah. Yeah, um, there was a lot of crap going on last season. Mascara. I think hey. um, I think that the one thing that's going to help Mango most this year is that he knows he's playing the four. He's not going to be playing the five. He can't hide. And I think that's going to help him as far as like just understand what his role is, what, what skills he has to improve on, where he's got to work. I think he could develop into a serviceable offensive player but his strength is and i'm not i'm gonna hold back on making nba comparisons but he can run the floor from the post position like i don't know tyson chandler or something along the i mean he's very uh long and athletic and he can move very well yep not the most orthodox which helps guard that position which that position at the four spot lots of times we'll be playing guys that are smaller than he is in in a pressing system and in whatever uh the multiple defensive sets that Rick Pitino likes to throw at you through the course of a game. Mango, in my opinion, is a very valuable asset. And I think he's stronger than people think he is. You know, I think he's, his, his strength is underrated. So, uh, Coming up on the end of the first hour, I do want to point out, Nazi Muhammad played from 1998 through 2015. So what is that, 16 years? And he's still, might, he's still he's not retired. So. so, I mean, he's 37 years old. The guy's a workhorse. You've got to take your hat off to uh, a guy like Nazi Muhammad. Um, even though I'm a Louisville fan, I mean, what an impressive career as he had. We're going to head to a break. Be sure to stay tuned. We'll be back with the most popular segment in local television or radio. Some call it Ashley's Loco Cinco. Others call it Ashley's Crazy. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. And we can ride the i
It's time for the most electrifying segment in all of talk radio, Ashley's Loco Cinco, otherwise known as Ashley's Crazy. I think Kelly's drinking back there. I think he's I just doing something. I want to make sure. I did not stop drinking. It's all right. He did not stop drinking. Oh, that's how he's trying to fix the hangover. I don't understand what the problem is. <laughs> that's hilarious. I've missed that. Do you? I did. You love me. <laughs> we have a love-hate relationship. Certainly. If do. people could hear the stuff we talk about off-air. Some solid political debates going on between the breaks, which is uh, good. Healthy. We, we, were healthy. Blood blood. we were actually in we were agreement, agreement on this one, which is shocking. We should write it down. You guys care? With a timestamp. Do you guys care to elaborate on no. what the topic <laughs> was? To talk about that. No, let's not do that. All right. That will open up a whole nother But it was political. Box. Yeah. I would surprise you all on a couple of things. You know? <sighs> well, guys, we have five stories. <laughs> um, and it was rough this week. Picking just five, because there were a few interesting things happening. We'll start off local today. So, Antonio Russell. Oh. D'Angelo Russell's father. Oh. Pulled over in Maserati this past week. That, um, that makes the whole story so much more to me. Because he was pulled over in a Maserati? To me, it does for some reason. Yeah. Somebody it. randomly getting arrested, to me, doesn't do much for me. But you're driving. Oh, <laughs> Obviously, Maserati. your son just got drafted. He didn't have a Maserati before the draft, I don't think. True, probably uh, not. Yeah, probably not. He didn't. For some reason, this story seems like a non-story almost, except that he was flying, probably just whizzing around the city in a Maserati being very flashy. Oh, no, no. There's more. Did all you right. hear about the story? I, I've heard about it. I read a little bit about it. He had all sorts of uh, drugs. drugs. Okay, so he was pulled over in a Maserati. Police uh, said, aside from downing a Fiji water full of... Um, <laughs> Coding. Oh. He wait, wait, wait. He also downing. <laughs> yeah, like he drank it in front of them to try to. Dispose I guess try of to it? get rid of the evidence. Oh my god! You know, um, what? <laughs> he had. He's going hard. Uh, weed and more coding in the car. Apparently, god. he's saying his story is that he did not do this um, as the police approached the vehicle. Um, but he and he's pled not guilty to four charges, uh, including a felony. So. Uh, he appeared in court this week uh, to enter his plea for the following. The first charge was possession of a controlled sus- substance. Second was tampering with physical evidence, which was obviously downing the coating. Third was possession of marijuana. And fourth was failure to wear a seatbelt. That's what he got pulled over for. For not having the seatbelt on. Not yeah, pull- that's, seat what, that's why he was originally pulled over. Because, of course, that that's, against, weak. that's against the law in Kentucky. So he may have been driving very safely. He's possible, but we don't I, I don't, like, I don't like that that's what he was pulled over for, because that's not a risk to anyone else. Him not having a seatbelt on? Yeah. It's still against the law. Yeah, I don't and care. And you can though. be pulled over for it in Kentucky. I, I Haven't you, you seen the signs? Click it or take it. So you're it. trying to say he got pulled over because it's a black guy in a Maserati? Is that in the West End? Is that, is what, that you're what you're saying? Is that what you're saying? Is that what you're trying to say? Maybe. I'm not saying that's what it was, but if you were pulled over because a cop was looking into your car and saying, 
Is this guy protecting himself in the event that he were to get into an accident? That's weak, in my opinion. Worry about something that, that you're going to potentially impact someone else negatively. Well. That's my opinion. If he was driving recklessly. Is he a Republican? I don't know what he is. He's a Republican. <laughs> I don't know what he is. I'm loving this. <laughs> I don't know what he is. So you're uh, saying that I'm a Republican because it's anti-legislation? Legi- less laws, man. Okay. Well, maybe then, sure. On tea that party. Stance, you're a Tea Party guy. On that, sta- on that maybe issue, he's a libertarian. Then, then, then maybe that's what I am. Sure. I don't think uh, We don't need to put labels on people. Yeah, and you don't. Just no. be who you are, Kelly. Thank you. I will. Yeah. I don't think that you should look into my car and say, is this guy protecting himself? What, are they going to look in there and see if I'm wearing a condom? Ooh, they need to with you. They probably should. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, he, he's that due. Goes, it goes to our whole conversation. I was just break. thinking yeah. that our break conversation. Um, we need to do an anonymous poll <laughs> on Facebook. Um, so he's due back in court on September the 25th. Um, nice guy, by the way. Is it, he? It really, yeah, it really hurts me to kind of see this kind of Was he a happen. good basketball player? I don't know about that, but I'm, I'm assuming he had to be pretty good. But I mean, I, I know him just from... Talking, you know, trying to get D'Angelo. So, D'Angelo coming out of the city and going as the number two overall pick in the NBA draft is, in my opinion, a under-covered, yeah, undervalued storyline. I don't think that it's it's given as much credit as due. No, in certain circles, it is, but. The number two pick in the NBA draft? It's a big deal. When a lot of times the number two pick in the NBA draft is a foreigner. Or, I mean, right from right here in the, in the city of Louisville, that's where he's from. That's a big story. First time it's happened for someone from Louisville since Griff. Griff was the last one to be. Was he number, number two? Number two overall pick. What was Wes Unsel taking? Number two overall. Uh, and then Charlie Tyree was two overall. Okay. No number ones from Louisville. Uh, if you count Purvis. You count Purvis? Nervous bird. I mean, he's, yeah, he's from Louisville. Yeah. I mean, he's not from he's not from Louisville. He's from the University of Louisville, but no, yeah. no, not actually. I mean, what was Rondo taking? Twenty fifth. Rondo like was mid tw- early twenties. Yeah, I was actually that's a, that was pretty cool because I was actually working Tubby Smith's basketball camp uh, when Rondo got drafted, and so it was kind of neat to be there when all that kind of stuff was happening. Hmm. So interesting story, nonetheless, has no impact on whether or not. Obviously, Russell will be successful with the Lakers. No, nope. but you do hate to see like a type of off the court type stuff that could be potentially worrisome to him or distracting. And as somebody who's done some partying in his life, I'll say that does not sound safe. You At have all. a bottle so, of Cody, so here's the question. And you're going to just you're gonna get pulled over and then try to drink an entire bottle of Cody? <laughs> yeah, that's not that smart. Is, I, I, I advise on things. I would not advise. You, you advise against that. I would advise from against the that. From resident, though, I, I have a very Are wide you? variety of what I would advise on, and, and a lot of it is, sure, do it. I would not advise chugging a bottle of codeine. Well, Mr. Um, Wild Wild West. Yes. Would, <laughs> although you were against him being pulled over because he didn't have his safety harness on. Are you now happy knowing the, the plethora of drugs he had in the car? Are you happy that he was taken off the streets? Yeah. He's now yes. in his Maserati. He's on Amazon buying a D'Angelo Russell jersey. Do, right? do, do, do we know if he was under the influence? I would assume he probably was. If we he could was assume. We don't know, though. He was Sure, he was under the influence after he chugged a bottle of codeine. Well, what's interesting is um, driving under the influence was not one of his four charges. That's so. what I mean, is we don't know. He could have been responsibly carrying a large amount of illegal drugs. The... Um, <laughs> Are we allowed Does to say? Does that sound Republican, Mike? Are we allowed to say what Derek's doing right now? What do you mean? And Derek in LA? 
No, he's here. He's here. Okay. Or he was in LA. Was he talking to the he was talking to the NBA rookies or it's coming Oh, he's doing that this week. He's yeah. going to New York for that. Uh, so they do that thing yeah. in New York. So but that's this is the kind of stuff Derek's talking to the these guys about, right? Yeah. I mean and how to basically manage your finances so that once you stop playing basketball you're not very valuable uh topic. <clears throat> yeah, but the importance of networking much more important than while if you're playing, they asked Antoine Walker to do it, but he wasn't available. So oh yeah, <laughs> he was partying. But the uh, but yeah, when you think about like when you're a 19 year old kid, and all of a sudden you've got all this money uh, thrown at you, D'Angelo's always had a ton of media attention. I don't think that's a big deal. But you now have to balance a whole. It's basketball, and you have to balance a whole lot of other stuff around it. And this stuff definitely doesn't make it easy. I mean, do you think his dad should have a Maserati? No. Why not? I'm not. I'm not saying that he shouldn't. I'm. I'm asking the. How much does a Maserati run? A lot. Yeah. I mean, I, guess I would say a hundred thousand. Okay, hundred thousand. Why not just get like a nice? You can get a Mercedes. Mercedes. Jaguar. Fifty thousand. I mean, for me, or, I wouldn't want to. Forty thousand. W- I'm not that kind of. I'm not a car guy. But if you are a car guy and that's something that you want it and you you know you can now you have can the be responsible it. with it. I yeah. think Antoine Walker would be a good guy Whoa. to speak at the NBA so, so uh, here, symposium. He actually would be because be, he could talk about lessons learned. He had eighty people on in his entourage or something like that, didn't he? In, uh, from crazy. Chicago who had followed him to the NBA and and were living with him and he was completely supporting. But who says the thing is is like this is dad. This is this is the start of people mismanaging their money. Yeah. That's the start of it. People taking care of other people and buying somebody else a hundred thousand dollar car. What's his mom driving? Probably a Mus- or something. That's where you have I to think be careful. She has a, uh, I think she has a, uh, a, um, a minivan, a Sedona. So are you serious? <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, I, I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> Did you hear how, the crickets chirping? <laughs> I wonder how many people on in his circle are driving these type of cars right now. How much was his contract for? Do we have that information? Uh, let me see if I can pull it up. It's, it's his endorsement money. That's probably how much. Do, how much was he? Because at the bottom line, you're you're a nineteen year old kid, and you're given a check for. I'm curious as to what what amount. Mm-hmm. Because then you say, okay, good luck with this. Yeah, you get to hire your financial advisor. You get to hire your attorney. You get to deter- determine if you insure your vehicles. You get to determine. Um, how you go about trying to pay taxes. You get to determine everything that comes into your financial life. You have to decide who you trust. Mm -hmm. You get to decide this and that and every financial aspect of everything. All of a sudden, you're given a check for... You got it, Mike? He he will make $5.1 million this year from just in the NBA part. Okay, what about a signing bonus, though? Well, Everything in the NBA is slotted based on where you're drafted. Okay, and he was number two. So he was number two, and that's what the slot was for that draft slot. So his bigger thing will be... His uh, his endorsement deals. So he, so. he only he wasn't given a, a signing bonus. He had to get a signing bonus. I don't think two. they get the, but they, they, that's not arbitrary. Let's put it that way. I don't know. Let's see if I can find that. D'Angelo Russell signing bonus. Which then again is still interesting that we regardless five million dollars is a bunch of money. It is, but is it a bunch of money when you're already making purchases like that? It. it and then Patrick, you're talking you, about taxes, because taxes means he's not getting $5 million. He's going to get two point something. And it's a completely different career. This is all obvious stuff, but it's a completely different career than any other type field, whereas you're playing and your, your productivity years are finite. Is that the best word? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's not a – you can play for – you're not – nobody's going to be Nazi Muhammad. I mean, yeah, that's every once in every between. 20 years, sure. we'll see a few guys like that, but um, – you okay. got you got to really slot your money for the rest of your life, and, and buying stuff like that early on is not prudent whatsoever. I know that sounds old man esque, 
to say. But it's true, considering the stuff that we talk about week in and week out with financial literacy. Who, who was it who said that last, um, who oh, got the attention? You tweeted about it. I, yeah, I wrote an article about it. About the six, nine, you know, living on $6 million. $6.9 million. Was it J.R. Smith? No, it was, it was uh, a Smith, but I think. Josh Smith. Josh Smith. Josh Smith. Ashley, you did write an article in the Leo about that. Yes. You want to highlight uh, what, I mean, that was a. Uh, What's coming up in Leo this week, Ashley? <laughs> <laughs> I will leave that to readers' imagination <laughs> until Wednesday. Um, but yeah, in that article, I just talked about how it's it's easy to throw stones at Josh Smith because he said six point nine million dollars is not enough, and he's going to be struggling. And the average American makes what forty thousand dollars a year, um, so it doesn't make sense to us. But when you've never been taught how to manage money, because they don't teach that in school anymore, and you've don't have parents that are responsible or are able to teach you that because maybe they don't know. How do we blame them, really? How many people do know how to d- handle whatever signing bonus you're, ha- you're handed? Yeah. Mike? In all Listen, seriousness, I mean, the, I, think- I mean, even uh, the upper percentile of people out there who make, say you show me someone who makes $500,000 a year as a engineer or whatever the hell industry you're in, if you can't manage, they, they, they started like this. They, they 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 would make fifty and then one hundred and then two hundred and they moved up. That's a completely different animal to just be. If you can't manage a thousand dollars, you can't manage a million dollars. And if you've never had a thousand dollars, you probably can't manage a million dollars. That's the. I mean, that's the truth. Money management doesn't have anything to do with the amount. That's very true. You gotta. You, you either can. Man, you either know how to manage money or you don't know how to manage money. And I would say the majority of kids now don't. And that's because they don't even learn that in math class. And, they don't even t- yeah they don't teach this in the schools like the stuff they teach in schools is not the stuff you actually need to live. It's like what we learned to take our real estate exam is not the stuff that I actually use in real estate. Yeah, same for nursing. And it's like like the my nurse practitioner degree, my master's degree was very practical. It was everything I well what we learned in the classroom was the book side, but the clinical stuff was when you really learned how to put it to use in nursing school. The stuff that we learned, like I would say, most of it I didn't use in the hospital at all. You but might, I think that's might as well been cheating. Basically, they're preparing you for an exam, which is what is which happening what school in our does. schools now. Yeah, our schools are, I mean, a joke from that standpoint. And then that's the uh, uh, the, the, the life skills you really need to have of how to do a family budget and how to do some financial management stuff. You know, when you get paid trying to live off a 70-10-10-10 principle, those kind of things are, they're just lost. And What's the answer to that? Apprenticeship? Well... No, teach it. Yeah. But, but you teach it in there's a classroom? A, Is that what a, you're saying? Because that, a, that sounds hypocritical for you to say, teach it? What do you mean by teach it? There's a, uh, there's a celebrity right now that wants one. to see civics classes come back to, uh, to the you education program. You should have program. civics class in, in school. Like, that only makes sense. And then, but Civics, math. When I was in middle school math, we learned how to play the stock market game. When I was in middle school at Mazik. We learned how to balance our checkbook because that was part of math, life skills. And then we learned about investing money into the stock market. You either was, If you understand how compound interest works, then you're going to earn it. If you don't understand how it works, you're going to pay it. Pretty much. Right? There are exceptions. Medical problems. I mean, people have issues come up where you can't avoid it. You can understand how it works and still have bad things happen. And you, but if you, you have up, no idea? If you have no idea, if you're completely oblivious and you just go into it, yeah, there's, you're doomed. So we got a little off topic from our weekend sports buzz. That only took 20 minutes to get through number one. So. <laughs> right. Moving right along on Ashley's Loco Cinco, or as others call it, 
Ashley's crazy. Story number two. Story number two, Atlanta Hawks forward Mike Scott uh, took a felony bullet during um, a recorded interrogation this week, admitting uh, that all the car, the drugs found in his car uh, were hit so his kid brother would not get into trouble. So there was a video released from the Banks County Sheriff's Deputy's Office where they were questioning Mike Scott um, about um, a traffic stop on July 30th. Um, so apparently Scott's 20 year old brother, Anton was driving when the deputies pulled him over for speeding. Um, they eventually found more than an ounce of weed and 10 grams of Molly in the vehicle and the vehicle, um, a slumped over Scott. This is Mike Scott explains why Anton didn't immediately pull over. Uh, cops had chased him for two miles. And he um, was very calm, saying he takes full responsibility for the stash of drugs. Um, His biggest concern was whether or not the arrest would be a public thing. So, um, basically, Scott got two counts of felony drug possessions, as did his brother. Um, But the deputies made it sound like Anton, the younger brother, his charges would be dropped due to the confession. So, Wow. Is Is there a black guy with a whiter name? Than Mike Scott. Mike Scott. <laughs> That's your takeaway. You know what it is? Because you remember the Mike Scott that used to play for Kentucky? That might be before your time. I don't uh, remember him. There was a Mike Scott that played in UK, and he was like a seven foot, just like totally uncoordinated <laughs> post player. Do you, you remember who I'm talking about? No. Wow. This, this what is the, the, the main description character? is cracking me up. What is the main character from The Office's name? Uh, Michael Scott. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Moving right along. Uh, solid party i thought mike scott, i was confusing mike scott with someone else I, uh, someone else i thought his his father was a coach who am i thinking of I'm sean looking. sudden <laughs> must be sean sudden they played together who? if you're thinking of the the same mike scott they could tell no, you i'm thinking of the, the the guy who played for virginia i, I must okay. be confusing him with someone else but that's hmm. too bad that's admirable that he takes the the credit and and if it were if it was his drugs right He's trying to avoid having his, his younger brother get into trouble. That's something that does could that be... cost him his his uh, contract. So at the end of the day, if it does, then it was not a good decision because his financial resources could help his brother in court. So maybe it wasn't a good decision. But it's admi- by the way, he's only this... he's making less than eight hundred thousand dollars a year. It's oh my like... goodness! So he's, they could cut him easily. Ramen right. noodles. Well, ramen noodles. Eight hundred thousand. I have ramen noodles in my house. That's Mike Scott. Oh. <laughs> so. All right. Story number three. You know I love Michael Sam, so I had to bring him back. Oh my God! What has he been doing? Isn't this supposed to be about athletes? <laughs> what's he? What's he play right now? Football. For who? Uh, he. Canada. Yeah. Duh. He's now first Hello. openly gay player in a pro football game as he suited up this past Friday. Um. And got his first game action for the Montreal Alouettes. So, obviously, 18 months after he's drafted by the Rams, he played this week uh, for his first time in the CFL. The CFL. Him and Brian Brom. Lighten it up. Is is Brom still playing up there? I don't know. I'm sure, I'm sure he is. Where else will he play? Is he doing that or is he like selling insurance? Coaching high school football. Is there anything wrong with selling insurance? No. Not at all. That's what our man would, Terry Samuels does, man. And I'm not being sarcastic when I ask that. Are, 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 would you rather sell insurance in Louisville or make the exact same amount of money playing football in Canada? I'd rather sell insurance. I'd, probably rather sell I'd insurance. save my body. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, He put, Brian plays for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Does he start? 
probably not, because no, I'm just joking. I don't. I won't. I won't go meet. More shade. Yeah. Toward Trinity alums or Louisville guys. Either way. Petrino okay. products. Shade. Moving right along. So what? What do we have now? Uh, four. Story number four. Story number four. Um, so Tony Storrs back in the news with the family of Kevin Ward. The guy who he killed? Uh, yes. Um, so the family, well, his, his parents have filed a wrongful death suit against Tony Stewart saying that he could have avoided striking and killing Kevin Ward Jr., but instead chose to terrorize Ward by driving recklessly. Um, so the parents are saying Stewart had a complete disregard for Kevin's life a year ago when the race car struck and killed a 20-year-old. Um, the lawsuit claims Stewart gunned his 700 HP car as he drove by Ward. Stewart's car slid, obviously, and we know this whole thing that happened um, that was tragic. Terrible video, by the um, way, And obviously, we also knew of the rumors of the beef between the two, which fueled the speculations that Stewart intentionally hit his car, all of that, whatever. Um, but Stewart was cr- cleared on criminal charges, but the family is... Um, taking this to a civil jury and he's not talking about it so it'll be definitely interesting to watch how this plays out and if it gets any traction at all in the court system a couple of th- takeaways from that for me i'm not the biggest nascar fan and we haven't heard from carolina steve i know very recently at all but was that a, a was that a year ago yeah. yeah. Jeez. We were all sitting Where here. Where does time fly? Yeah, I mean, gee, we, I remember us three, I believe, sitting here talking about it the morning after. Um, okay, so it was a year ago, and B, ever since the incident, has Tony Stewart fallen off a little bit? Because I haven't heard his name much. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't think he's, I mean, I think he, he's obviously still racing, but I don't, um, I don't feel like he's definitely not where he was. So what, what, what can we take from that is that maybe murder hurts your career? I don't know. Yeah, right. Or maybe mentally he's just in a bad space. It definitely did not help Aaron Hernandez. <laughs> I know. Oh, whose girlfriend changed her name this week? <laughs> she changed her, her name. Her changed her name. What? <laughs> Who does that? What did she change her name to? I'm pretty sure. I didn't read or, the rest what, of the story. So she changed her first name? Her last name, I think, to Hernandez. To Hernandez? Yeah. I'm so she's still with him? Yeah. That's crazy. Why wouldn't she be, man? That's the type of girl I need to get. It's a real loyal <laughs> girl. <laughs> All right. <laughs> good luck, good luck you need loyalty is so undervalued these days. Yeah, it is. I mean, you're sticking with. I you. need one of those girls who's gonna who's trying to marry Charles Manson. Oh, well. okay. <laughs> where, where do you find that girl at? I don't know. Five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty. I would love to hear Kelly's Dateline. Mo- <laughs> moving right along. Story number five. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Story number five. We're on. We're definitely in rare form today. <laughs> That's good, though. That's good. Keep, that's, go on. Alden Smith has had a rough week. Um, so he apparently got into a little scuffle with Colin Kaepernick earlier this week. Really? Um, which has, which may have been fueled, we don't know for sure, by ongoing rumors about Smith's ex-girlfriend now dating Colin Kaepernick. And know. this is this all before? <laughs> oh yeah, it's before. Yeah, sorry that's to, it sorry can, to Yeah, it goes right into it. So there's been multiple uh I guess snitches in the locker room telling people that Alden and Colin had an altercation on the field during a practice this past Tuesday and the players had to pull them apart. Um and there has been a lot of inter- internet buzz about um Colin Kaepernick dating um 
Smith's ex-girlfriend, who was a host on Hot 97, who broke up a few months ago. Although they've not been photographed together, there's been rumors going on, and they they have persisted. Um, So it's been kind of a... They haven't been talking about it as a team, however... He's gone now. Yeah, yeah, he's gone now after his arrest on Friday. So apparently um, he's saying now... Well, let's go back. On Thursday evening. He's had a heck of a week. He has. Uh, Santa Clara Police Department said the now ex-49er smashed into a parked car um, while attempting to park his vehicle. He allegedly doubled down by hitting the car again with his door. Cops say he left the scene without leaving a note or any identification, but when he returned to the scene, police made contact. Um, the officers believed he was drunk and gave him a field sobriety test. Clearly, he didn't do well. Um, as he was leaving jail this morning, Smith, to, or the next morning, um, Smith, Some people just don't test well. Yeah, I mean. yeah, right. <laughs> they told reporters that the um, truth will come out, and he said that there's no DUI. So he's basically going to try to claim that he was sober parking his car that way and hitting other vehicles. He, I, I heard he has denied that it was a, a driving under the influence mm-hmm. incident. But... Yeah. Um, probably not the best decision to put himself in that situation regardless. Considering. But, so so Alden Smith supposedly is taking Colin Kaepernick's girl or vice versa? Kaepernick was taking Alden Smith's. Ex-girlfriend. Okay. They didn't broken up though. But, okay. Well, and then they had, and you got to think that if a fight actually were to occur, Alden Smith would get the upper hand, right? You would think so. The defensive end over the quarterback all day, every day, right? Yeah, just sure. like Rousey would kill Merriweather. Ooh. Did you just call him Merriweather? Merriweather, whatever his name is. <laughs> The most overrated athlete of the last decade. Ooh. Ashley's hundred years. Head. I didn't shake my head. Overrated as far as what? He's just overrated. He's not. He's never fought anybody. He's fighting old Manny Pacquiao. And that's do, it. Do you want me to bring up the list of Hall of Famers that he's beat, what? or does that not, is that irrelevant to you, Mike? It's irrelevant to me. All right. Hall of Famers he has defeated is relevant. He has or not irrelevant. He has not fought Ronda Rousey yet. So let's see, because I think Ronda Rousey would break his elbow. We could I dislocate think- his elbow. So yeah. solid Ashley's Loco Cinco. We're, we're very happy that we re-implemented it into the show. I just wanted to get the focus off of the 49ers because we're going to be terrible. Golly. So then we know what's not going to be his top story this week. <laughs> it's awful. All right. So who is it? Antonio Russell and his <laughs> coding and Maserati. Got to give him. I mean, 49ers. he was going hard. He was going hard. Yeah. Alden hard, Smith versus <laughs> the world in his last week. Tony Stewart versus the family of Kevin Ward, uh, Michael Sam, or Mike Scott taking one for his brother. I got to give it as a go hard award, and uh, Mr. Russell went hard. We talked for 20 minutes for Antonio about Antonio Russell, and the other four got 10 minutes combined, so I think we have to go with I mean, if you get pulled over and your best choice is to chug an entire bottle of Cody. Drive sober or get pulled over. (laughs) And He's going hard. I'm going with Antonio Russell. You guys, votes? I'm, I got to go into Russell. I have to. He was yeah. going hard. He was going. There's hard. a lot of lessons. Go to be hard, go home. There. A lot of that. lessons to be learned from there, and from the weekend sports buzz <laughs> every week uh, here on 1450 WXVW as it stands. We appreciate you tuning in. We're going to head to a break. Be sure to stay tuned. We will be back with more of the weekend sports buzz. Get up off of that thing. Try to leave that pressure. Get up off of that.
Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz, AM 1450. Mike Indafo, Ashley Miller, Kelly Patrick here. You want to join in on the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Ram and Jeep, Jeep. buzz line 502-344-1450. I referenced this earlier in the show, of course, when we were talking about the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. The uh, Sports Illustrated preseason top 25 is out. All these preseason top 25s are starting to come out. Ohio State, obviously, number one. No surprise. Any surprise Ohio, State, Ohio State's number one in college football? No, no. I, I wouldn't say so. I mean, they're the national champions, and they uh, have a plethora of talent, especially the skill positions, which in important. the eyes of people who evaluate the sport is important. Um, although I will say that I'm becoming to appreciate the line a whole lot more on both, you know. In football. Uh, in football, yeah. In the sport. Yeah, that's why it's so difficult to evaluate the sport of football, and, and it doesn't make – for quite the lively talk on the radio, is that we can talk all we want, but punting matters. They all matter. Actually, the, the guards matter. The tackles matter. The guy who hikes the ball, the long snapper matters. Everything matters. And uh, why it makes it, it, it difficult to evaluate. I, l- I was listening to something this week, which was really interesting to me. Urban Meyer gives preference, gives priority, like when they get to pick out gear, when they get to pick out you know, first in the food line, all that kind of stuff, to his first team guys who win their the jobs on the special teams. That's who gets all the priority at, at Ohio State. You, you know. Makes sense. I mean, the Patriots are, are notorious or, or uh, well-known for starting their best players on special teams. So I have made my um, – my bold prediction for this football season being that Kentucky and Louisville will both be 7-5. and five. I want to hear what your old bold predictions are for this college football season coming up. Is it that Louisville makes a DCS bowl game? Wins the uh, ACC? They not, do they knock off the number two ranked Auburn Tigers? What's your, what's your bold prediction when it comes to uh, the football season this year, Kelly? The college football season? Yeah. Is Kentucky is sub-500. Kentucky sub. Actually, a, I should is take that, that a bold back. prediction? That is not a bold prediction. I don't know. I, I, let, let me put a little bit of thought into that. I don't okay. know what my bold prediction is yet. As we do that, we'll uh, just want to make sure that we talk the uh, the the SEC. Of course, is still well represented, no matter how how down you all think it is in the uh, in the top twenty five. Obviously, um, we're looking at a seven. I'm counting through eight. Yeah, um, nine teams in the top twenty-five are from the SEC. Wow, nine. Yeah, nine. Nine. What? That's that, what they that's got. That's very impressive. How many teams are in the SEC? Uh, Fourteen. Fourteen. How many of those teams does UK play this season? UK plays. Um, well, they play Mississippi State. That's the West team that they play, and then they play <clears throat> Georgia. Uh, uh, uh. Missouri. And you picked them to beat Missouri earlier. I think they could beat Missouri, yeah. Brian texted me, and he said that he wanted me to write down some of your predictions. So you're, you're picking them to beat Missouri, who's in the top 25. I'm just saying that they're going to get You're a picking win. them gonna, to beat Missouri, right? I think I actually said they could beat Mississippi State, too. So I think they could beat two of those teams. I think pigs could fly if they had wings. Okay. Congratulations. I well, I don't know where we're going with this. <laughs> 
What about in the NFL? It's football. I just season. want to know why why does why is there no credit given to where just because it's no overnight success? Is that what it is? Is that <laughs> because it, they lost like their in last this microwave games. society? Because Mark Stoops didn't come in and go from a two win team to you know competing for a national title. There's no. I, I I think the way he's doing it's the right way, where you build it slowly over time, and you actually put in certain things that are important, and we don't go out and recruit criminals from TCU just because they can play football, all that kind of stuff. They um, just become criminals when they get on campus at Kentucky. That really hasn't. Besides Tubman, and they did you have another kid team, you just were talking about, Jason Hatcher, that was out for smoking marijuana? Like we can't forget those things. Then we've got the kids that Barker. were doing stuff last with well, a shooting gun and Barker and the other campus. guys on campus. And then like UK has had fighting. a plethora right. of off the You're right. off the no one at U of L's team. No, I'm feet. saying you can't talk about U of L recruiting such and such player when it. you're talking about all of the UK people that are in trouble with the law. Like we're talking that's about ridiculous. domestic violence. Oh my god! All these cultural teams, domestic violence things, because drugs is better. And then you take you take all a, I'm saying is college let the program with, let the program without sin cast the first stone. There's no let's there's no okay. Sin so out let's there. not talk about who U of recruiting when UK players are in trouble on campus. You know what? And that's a good, great point. Is is let the program without the fir- without the sin cast the first stone? Because in all seriousness, the only programs that you ever I mean, let's think of the guys who we looked at as being extremely wholesome. Throughout my sports life, Roger Clemens was one. <laughs> he, at one point, he actually slept with a 13-year-old country music star. Oh, He did. God. Did you guys know that? When yeah. he was a Major League Baseball pitcher, he slept with a 13-year-old country music star. All right. Penn State, at one point, I remember thinking, man, what a wholesome program. You guys know what was happening there. What was happening there? <laughs> I don't mean to tell laugh us. at it. Tell, tell, tell me. Us. I want to hear. I want to hear all about tell it. Us. We want to know. No, but in all seriousness, it's a good point, Ashley, is that any program out there who doesn't have any any uh, they all do. sins or, or flaws um, should make you nervous based on history. Because they're doing a good job of hiding a lot. And what does that mean we think about Kentucky basketball? Because they certainly don't have that squeaky clean image. Does that mean they're saints? No, not so much. No, not so much. Not with, with Cala, Cala Pamey in Lexington. Wow. <laughs> Moving wow. right along. Moving right along. So you were asking what the bold predictions for the football season are. Is that exclusive to college football is my question. Uh, I think. It doesn't um, have to be, but let's do, let's do that. Like, we can do a pro and a college version if you want to. I don't know anything about what's going to happen in the NFL besides the fact that Teddy Bridgewater is going to make some believers – out of all the doubters. What do you mean by that? Is he going to be a pro bowler? I think he's going to have a – I don't know about that. But I think he's going to have a successful season. Starting quarterback the whole season. How many touchdowns? Ooh. 20? I don't think that's a stretch. Nope. How many did Andrew Luck throw last year? 44? I'm going to say – He led the NFL. 25. 25, okay. How many interceptions? Oh. I, the thing about that is that I don't think Teddy has to go out and put out these unbelievable numbers. It it's just he just has to not lose games for them, right? So he has to do. Uh, he just has to go out there and really perform. Ron Jaworski had his top twenty, top ranked all the top thirty-two starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Teddy came in at twenty-seven and had two uh, second-year quarterbacks ahead of him. Derek Carr was twenty-six, and Blake Bortles was twenty-three. I think Teddy's better than both those guys. You, what do you think? Mm, I agree. But you, I wouldn't put Carr ahead of Bortles either. Actually, Carr had a really good year. I think he threw twenty six touchdowns. Am, I, I, am yeah. I wrong? He had. A, he did have a really good. Let year. Let me bring that up on, an, on a really bad team. You know, 
and that doesn't that's a different type deal than the NBA where you're on a bad team so you do put up good numbers, right? Right. Can we agree to that? I mean, you had to you had to have people help you put up good numbers in the Derek Carr is already better than his brother. <laughs> right? Wait. All right, he threw 21 touchdowns and 12 interceptions, Derek Carr did. By the way, Jameis Winston ranked as the worst quarterback, uh, according to Ron Jaworski. 32. That means he's the 32nd best quarterback in the world, probably, which isn't that bad. Yeah. But, but he's got Mariota ranked ahead of him. Wow. What do you think about that? That is a Mariota's difficult... a beast. I, I, I keep hearing that Mariota is going to rewrite the way that we evaluate quarterbacks. He's a 6'5 version of Russell Wilson. When I hear that... All that I can think of is, guys, 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 it's a passing league. Every few years we hear, this guy's going to revolutionize how things are done. Um, you're going to be able to run the ball. You're going to be able to run almost the option. You can do all sorts of different sets. But what we always come back to in the NFL is what? Who's the best passer? Am I wrong? Oh, no, I mean, that's what it came down to in this historically, list. Historically, that's what it is. Can you go up and down the list with me? Do you want to go, what do you want to start, at 32 or go down the, where do you the want to top, start? The top guy, Aaron Rodgers. Number one, Aaron Rodgers, number one. Best, he's a passer. And he can move a little bit, to the, be fair. He the, can move a little bit, but he's a passer. The amazing stat to him is he has not thrown more than eight interceptions in the last four seasons. In any of the last four seasons? Yes. He does not throw interceptions. That's pretty freaking amazing. Eight interceptions. That's not all, you know, that's a low, low number, right? Especially, golly, very much so. Especially comparing him to guys like um, his predecessor, Brett Favre. They've got to uh, throw all sorts of interceptions. They've got a somewhat deflated Tom Brady for losing or, the top spot. Not predecessor. Yeah, he was his predecessor. Yeah, Brett Favre was right before. Is that the correct term? Favre was before him, so predecessor would be correct. Okay, yeah. sorry. Go on. Deflated Tom Brady because Brady was number one last year, and he's now number two. I'm sure he's a little upset about that. Brady's number two. Okay. Yeah. Peyton, number three over Andrew Luck. I'm not going with that, by the way. I'll take Andrew Luck over Peyton all day long. And I think, to me, those three, Rodgers, Brady, and Andrew Luck, have separated themselves from everyone else, personally. Because I think Peyton's older. I think this could be really where we start to see Peyton really start to decline this year. Jaws has Russell Wilson number five. And you can't, you know, the guy wins, without a doubt. Is Russell Wilson kind of what Teddy could become? become? I think Teddy's more of a passer. I think he's a better passer and not as mobile. That's quite the statement. If we take this in the context of outside the city of Louisville and we go to Chicago and we say, well, yeah, we all can agree Teddy Bridgewater's a better passer than Russell Wilson. I think we get some funny looks. Yeah. Right? I think at least I think he's got a better are, are you talking about people that are just just fans or people that know football? If you actually if know If you ask the people that know football, yeah. I don't think you get those those looks. I think you if you're asking fans, people are going off at of name recognition. They're like, "What? Russell Russell Man. That's fair. But I think the next group I don't think is really any surprise as far as like you got Drew Brees at 6 and Ben Roethlisberger, Philip Rivers, um, you know, they're all right there. And then you go to, to Romo. And then, to me, the real interesting thing is, is between 10 and 20, I feel like you could mix all these guys around. And you can make a case everywhere around. So, Flacco's number 10. Matt Ryan, number 11. Stafford's number 12. I'd, I'd probably put Stafford higher. I'd, I'd, you know, maybe closer to 10. Would you rather have Flacco or Stafford? Flacco's won a Super Bowl, so I'll take him. Just because he's won a Super Bowl? Sure. Because he's had a better team? I, I like Stafford's game. Stafford has impressed me on multiple occasions. Eli's thir- and I, I mean, you could argue that 
I mean, with Nick Fairley and Indomitian Sue and Calvin Johnson, I mean, he's had some good teams. He's had some a lot of talent. Bad coaches. Reggie Bush um, uh, is uh, has he had a bad coach? Well, they had that that jerk you always wanted to fight. Uh, you just say that because you're a 49ers fan. Maybe. What, what was his name? Uh, not there anymore. The guy who tried to fight <laughs> Harbaugh. Yeah, that was awesome. By the way, it was awesome. Okay, sorry to interrupt. Uh, I don't now want to get up that guy's name, man. And then you had so you had Eli um, coming in at thirteen, Alex Smith at fourteen, one spot ahead of Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> Which, listen, I'm taking Kaepernick over Alex Smith all day. Although Ka- Kaepernick obviously has to have weapons around him to be successful. Um, Andy Dalton at sixteen. So my quarterback at fifteen, your quarterback at sixteen. Ryan Tannehill, who has wait the before potential- we move on, uh, Kelly. Can I ask you what your level of relationship is going to be with Andy Dalton this season? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I know this. (laughs) It'll be up and down. Yes. And I'm not going to be truly sold on him until he shows me, not that he can win a playoff game. I don't care about that. I I, I do care about that. What, What he needs to show me is that when we go into a game and we're like, this is where we need to take the next step. We got this big game, prime time. It's on the road. Monday night. Monday night. Whatever it is. A primetime environment. A a clutch game. If Andy Dalton shows up against a good team on the road, I will change my tune. Until then. Until then. We're going to have a rocky relationship. I think we should start an account or a weekly segment where Kelly talks about where, where he's at with Andy Dalton for this week. Okay. I can do that because he does statistically. You know that you can you can do some analysis of his stats and show that he's on pace with like Peyton Manning at the beginning of his career, hmm. based on statistics. Did you guys know this? Andy Dalton statistically has had a where can you do this? A, a amazing start to his career, amazing, like almost Hall of Fame caliber type deal. Did you know that? I, I, I knew that he was up there. Yeah, I mean, I knew his numbers were much better than what how people feel about him. A very uh, Dr. Jekyll, Jekyll Mr. and Mr. Hyde, Hyde type deal. Yeah. Or something along those lines. It's uh, polar opposites as far as his productivity, statistically, and the sentiment behind the fan base. Because the, the common belief is that the Cincinnati Bengals have a solid running game. they got Giovanni Bernard. They've got... Uh, Who's the other? they got another guy who's really good running back. they got a... Uh, out, of, out of Auburn. I'm sorry. Dude, that's your freaking team, man. I know, man. All right, I'm going to go on. Ryan Tannehill is number 17, Cam Newton 18, Carson Palmer is 19, and Bradford is 20, if Bradford can stay healthy. Cutler's 21, Nick Foles is 22. So according to Jaws, now Jaws being an Eagles homer, I don't think there's any doubt about that. They He feels like the Eagles got the better of the Bradford-Nick Foles uh, move, which is very interesting to me. Bortles 23. Foles just got another contract. What's that? Nick Foles just got a contract from St. Louis. Right. Extension. Bortles is 23. Castles, 24. RG3, 25. Derek Carr, 26. Teddy B, 27. Just one step ahead of Josh McCown for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, 29 is Geno Smith. 30, Ryan Mallet. 31, Marcus Mariota. And 32, Jameis Winston. Hmm. Jeremy Hill. Jeremy Hill. At at LSU. Yep. And he's a stud. He's a stud. They've got all sorts of weapons in Cincinnati. Okay, uh, those names. Where, where's Ryan Mallet at? He's Houston. Houston, yes. Okay. 
Yeah, I agree with you. Those those names they they come and they go. They're they're a dime a dozen at that point, right? Right. I mean, this especially like the guy on this list, Ryan Tannehill's of all those guys to me is the one who is on a make or break year. He's either going to become a a starting quarterback for the rest of his career or he's going to become a career backup based on how he does this year. The AFC East as a whole is very intriguing because let's review what what teams are in the AFC East. The AFC East would be the Miami Dolphins. Okay. New York a lot Jets. of optimism around the Dolphins right now. They For some reason, everybody thinks Ryan Tannehill is the next big thing. Yep, the New York Jets. Okay. They, they've got a lot of talent. They got Daryl Revis back. They got Cromartie in the be- defensive secondary again. Um, the New England Patriots. They, they know how to play football. They're and, reigning Super Bowl champions. And I'm going to say the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills. Rex Ryan. Richie Incognito. Um, Mario Williams. They signed a couple amazing... Don't they have LaShawn McCoy? Yep. So every team in the AFC East has reason for optimism. Am I, I wrong? Would, except for the Patriots. Are you serious? Yeah, I don't think the Patriots... I think the Patriots miss the playoffs. That's my bold NFL prediction. Wow. That's bold. Because every year, people make predictions like that against the Patriots. And every year, the Patriots prove them wrong. Am I wrong? I think the Dolphins win that division. It has to end at some point. Yeah, I agree does. with you. It has to end at some point. I still haven't made my college football prediction. Sorry. All right. Let's hear your college football prediction. My sole prediction, well, sole prediction, which was, well, I have two. Obviously, I said that Louisville will be Kentucky and Commonwealth Stadium. Is that bold? It's not bold, but it's just oh, okay. facts. It's My just bold facts. prediction is we will not be Auburn. However, we will play them tough enough where that, uh, that um, Alabama game in 2018 does not seem like a stretch. Okay. And what Petrino is talking about with um, – you know, trying to beef up our non-conference schedule so that we can have the opportunity to play for a BCS game, that's going to come to life. By the way, I do like what the Big Ten did do by saying that, hey, you've got to play one of your non-conference games. has to be against a BCS school. Did you all see that? I did see that. Yeah. I did not. Okay, so Ashley's predicting that Louisville will not beat Auburn, which if, if Louisville did beat Auburn, that would be significant. Oh, that's huge. And, and, and maybe is being underplayed yeah, as far as the, the context the of the entire um, Louisville thing is that we're – I'm not going to say we're overlooking because radio stations in the city and everyone is focusing on the game, but we haven't even really discussed what an opportunity it is. Oh, yeah. Where is it? In Georgia? In it's Atlanta, in Atlanta. Yep. In Atlanta. And, and, and <laughs> if Louisville wins, what type of a statement – Mike, will you completely change your tune on this entire season? If Louisville was to beat Auburn, I mean they're setting up. They definitely would be setting up to have a very special season because they're. What do you mean by special? Well, their division besides Clemson is terrible. I mean, is that fair? Clemson's good. Down. down. Yeah. Down. So I mean, at it, that it, point, you never know with a conference like the ACC, and I know you laugh at that, but teams come up and I, they have good 100%, years. One hundred percent. There's yeah. So I would you, agree. I can't. I, I I'm I'm not going to get on board. They don't have the, to narrow the gap as much as Kentucky does. That's that just proves my point earlier that you could have you could be better and not have more wins. Okay, exactly. Um, maybe that's why you all don't understand that whole aspect. I, I understand know. what you're saying by it, but if you're making any reference to anything that's actually happened on the field, Mike, Kentucky's lost their most recent six football games. Thank you. All right. Um, <laughs> the he didn't want to be reminded of that. 
again. That was last year. <laughs> so the, the, okay, the, uh, go on. But yeah, I mean, they would be setting themselves up for something really special. They could knock off Auburn, who's number two in the country. I mean, you'd have to think that the, you would have to put them in the conversation with Clemson to be able to win that division, and then they could go to a BCS game. You know, could do. Do I see this Louisville team like having some pie in the sky undefeated season? No, I think they're probably cap out. Their best scenario for a win loss would be a nine and three. Worse would be the seven and five. That's their worst case scenario, don't you think? Their schedule's not that tough. I mean, I, it's not that hard where they're they're going to beat the teams they should beat. Okay. I, I honestly believe in Bobby Petrino's offensive uh, ability and, and his impact on the game. I, I, I am a, a – um, what can we say? Uh, you have Justin Be- Bieber, Bieber fans Bieber. or Beliebers. Beliebers. How can we coin that Pe- for Bobby Pe- Petriners? Petriebers? No. Beliebers? No. Um, no. Doesn't work. No. I'm yeah. a, let's put that out. <laughs> <laughs> I believe Bobby Petrino is the number one offensive mastermind in the country. Our homework for tonight or for this week is to find out a way to – Like Stoops Troops kind of thing. You yeah, something troops. for Petrino. Kentucky nails that stuff. Yeah, they it's do. The ke- catchy slogans that don't yeah. do anything on the field. Kentucky, they have the air horns. Have you guys heard that? Air raid. Oh, my God. Air raid. Air raid. Woo-hoo. Honk, honk. Right? I need to get some of those (laughs) air horns going. You don't don't need to do that. Because that is cool. What else you got? Uh, (laughs) Petrino's what? Petrino's posse? I don't know. We need to think. That's our homework for this week. To, to, we to need to bring it back. Coin next the Sunday. phrase, coin that, the that, phrase. That, you, that you believe. Louisville obviously has a very talented defense, but you believe that Bobby Petrino exclusively, or almost Bobby Petrino alone, his impact during the second year we have two minutes in the system is, is ridiculous. Look at Chris Redman, Brian Brom, Stephon LaForce, Dave Ragone, uh, the guy from Arkansas. Tyler Chris Redman didn't want his quarterback in the second year. Chris Redman, there was no second year for Chris Redman. Chris Redman had one year under Bobby Petrino. That was it. Okay, well, well I think Bobby Petrino deserves – he was the offensive coordinator. He, he deserves some of the credit. Well, no, I don't so – Okay, so I – John I, L's I, overall philosophy, I think, had a big part. Chris was talented enough to do that. And you could argue that John L's uh, impact on Bobby Petrino's style is uh, s- substantial, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're two they, – they're buddies, right? I like John L. Smith. So, I, I John L's a great guy. But Maybe. yeah, their football their schedule is not intimidating at all. Louisville football schedule is not, you know, they're going to lose to Clemson, they're going to lose to Auburn, and they're going 